0: Hello, and welcome to Dialog number 63. This interview is with Christian Holst, co-founder of the Baymart Institute based in Copenhagen, focused on researching and improving the online user experience. In this conversation, Christian and I discuss the challenges of making a good e-commerce experience, the difficulties for a luxury brand in e-commerce, some tips and tricks on improving the checkout process, and more. Christian shares with us some great and concrete insights. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Minter Dialogue Internet Show, where we discuss brand marketing with a focus on all things digital. I am Minter Dial, author of TheMindset.com, that's T-H-E-M-Y-N-D-S-E-T, where branding gets personal. You'll find the show notes on the blog for the upcoming interview. Let's cut to quick. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Minter Dialogue Internet Show. Well, today, I'm on Skype. As usual, I should say, I have someone piped in from Copenhagen. So, Christian, tell us who you are, what you do, please.
1: Hi, yeah. I'm uh, Christian Holst, and I am uh, from the uh, Baymont Institute. And uh, what we do is that we research uh, basically uh, how to improve the online user experience. Uh, and we mainly do that within within e-commerce. Uh, so we do some large-scale usability uh, tests, with, which we then uh, uh, publish as, uh, as uh, usability reports to help uh, online retailers and online uh, UX agencies uh, basically to create uh, better, better uh, e-commerce sites. Yes,
0: yeah, so your business model is all about research and selling that research, typically yep. online. And it's yep. and it's true you don't do consulting.
1: Yeah, that that's true. Uh, so basically, we focus only on, on conducting these large-scale usability studies. They take typically around uh, – the last one we published was on uh, – on, on mobile commerce, and that took uh, roughly a year of full-time, uh, full-time research. So they're quite a, a large-scale, uh, uh, so it doesn't fit well with, with uh, doing consulting. And besides that, uh, I think a third of, of our customers is, is, uh, is US, UX agencies, and we basically don't want to compete too much with so, our own customers.
0: So in a world of research, Christian, I'm, I'm fascinated by what you're doing. And, I'm thinking, gosh, it must be very difficult to do uh, a research on e-commerce that takes a year, considering the pace of change.
1: Uh, yeah, so the good thing and the thing we try to do uh, the most in all our research is describe what was the issue that the user experienced with a given type of web element. Uh, and we want to keep it uh, as practical and as specific as possible. So we provide a lot of examples, okay, you can solve it in this way and in this way, uh, but we, we still keep this very strict focus on what was the issue that the user experienced, because the way people uh, behave and react uh, uh, when they encounter a certain web element, that changes fairly slowly, whereas the, uh, the aesthetic solution and the technical solution, that changes all the time i mean 6 sure. month 12 month then it's then it's uh, quite outdated but the, uh, the 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 user behavior changed much much slower i mean some of the behaviors uh, that that we still see uh, online uh, is that, uh, that some people they still double click everything because they're used to the old the uh, windows uh, uh, 95 yeah. uh, where you had to double click uh, all the uh, all the uh, or the software applications right. and they haven't adapted to the online uh, one click or the so, ma- or the I mean, ma- I mean, so some things just change very very slowly yeah. and that's why we try to describe the issues and the behaviors it's like uh, you
0: know people still feel they need to type in www. it's, yeah. it's pretty funny so um, when you, when you look at e-commerce sites or m-commerce sites how do you yeah. how do you approach best in class how do you how do you establish well
1: what kind of categorizations do you have um, yeah, so there's that, that's that's actually a bit difficult uh, one because um, I usually get asked what's the best site, uh, mm-hmm. and it's very difficult to answer because they're uh, even the largest, uh, the very largest, and, and, and top notch of the sites uh, in regards to, to sales and success, uh, they tend to have a few flaws here and there. I mean, even uh, uh, even sites like uh, like Amazon apple have uh, laws uh, around the site in, in regards to usability and some of it is prioritization. Uh, a site like Amazon requires you to uh, create a an account when you checkout uh, and for a new new time customer that's actually a nine step checkout process they have so all of us think, think of Amazon oh they're fantastic uh, with their checkout because we're used to one uh, one page uh, uh, checkout. But when it comes to the actual uh, experience that a new customer will have, it's it's not horrible, but it's it's not very uh, streamlined uh, and optimized as well because their focus and priority is somewhere else. In the business.
0: So for Amazon in particular, they, the first time is painful, but then afterwards you get the one-click.
1: Yeah, and, and that's and that's that's a long-term uh, that's a long-term goal they have. I mean. They they can take the initial hit of losing say 30% of your customers, which is very common uh, that you lose uh, 30% of your customers when you when you force everybody to sign up just to buy a pair of sneakers or to buy uh, a twenty dollar book. book. Yeah. But but um, but they win in the long end because they uh, they figured out they are so good at personalization uh, that for those who do uh, go through the entire checkout and become a customer, they're that much better at personalization than anybody else in the game so they will win in the long uh, run from, from those customers who do get get through the registration
0: i was interested <clears throat> i read in one of your one of your articles that um, amazon automatically signs you up for the newsletter yeah tell, tell, that, tell us about that
1: yeah uh, that's actually among the uh, the top 100 um, u.s e-commerce sites uh, we we did a benchmark study uh, on all of them where we benchmarked them uh, uh, against uh, our checkout uh, usability guidelines, um, and 21 of them automatically signs you up uh, for a newsletter without an opt-out box uh, at all, um, and that's the, the fun thing is that when we uh, when we uh, did the, our checkout usability study, a lot of people uh, when they were where when we asked them, why don't you want to create an account here? Uh, most of them equaled uh, account with newsletter, or they, they didn't call it newsletter, they just called it spam. So they said, I don't want an account because I don't want spam. So they equaled those mm-hmm. two things. And it's quite interesting that when we then benchmark the top 100 uh, browsing e commerce sites uh, in the US, 21 of them they automatically signed their customers up for newsletters. Uh, so so I think there is uh, some correlation there, at least, that people are getting used to. If I create an account, they'll also, at some point, um, get uh, get a lot of newsletters. Uh, and we found that, in general, it's a good idea to uh, approach this, because there will be a lot of privacy-concerned uh, concerned users. So if you have a site where you ask for an email, uh, and you have no intention of automatically emailing them, just for purchasing or creating a fee account if it's some kind of software or whatever uh, then it's a good idea to have a, a small tooltip near uh, the email field uh, where those privacy concerned issue uh, privacy concerned uh, users of yours uh, can actually uh, learn a bit more about okay you don't automatically uh, create a news uh, get our newsletter just because mm-hmm. you create an account here so
0: it can, it's uh, actually it's more than transparency it can be a way of of uh, gaining trust, it can be a way of showing, well, we're yeah. not like the others. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to yeah. treat you with respect.
1: Yeah, we, yeah. We, and, and phone numbers as well. If, if you if you ask for a phone number, uh, we saw that people they, they can really really be suspicious about how you're going to use that phone number, especially U.S. customers that are a bit more used to uh, robot calls. At least here in Denmark, uh, that's not legal, so we're not people don't fear it as much. Yeah. But if you're in a country where robo calling is, 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 you, is quite common, or at least a lot of marketing calls, uh, then you need to, uh, whenever you ask uh, people or require them to fill in a phone number, you need to explain how are you going to use that.
0: Yeah, I get, if you're not going
1: to use it for marketing purposes, just say for shipping-related uh, questions or whatever.
0: But I get really aggravated with, um, actually, what I see are more SMS programs. Mm-hmm. So they may not mm-hmm. call me with a robocall. Yeah but they send me SMSs and that, and there's no treatment of spam SMSs Mm -hmm. that, you know, just, there's no, I don't see why, by the way, we should do that. Maybe that's another business we need to get into Christian, but there's a, there's a whole, whole area where we should be able to spam boxes in our sms's i don't know how Mm. that hasn't happened yet Mm. so you mentioned apple um what are the things that you noticed that they don't do well you were talking about amazon and apple
1: yeah great but not so so again and again it's it's in the details at least uh, when it comes to uh, to checkouts and that that's what we uh where we see it the most is that some of the sites are very very good at having some very technical uh, advanced solutions so for example at, uh, at apple uh, they do something nice uh, when the customer type their zip code uh, they automatically uh, build the state and the uh, and the city uh, for the customer so they don't have to, to type the city name uh, and select the state from this uh, long drop down list so that's uh, that, that's one of the nice things they do in more advanced uh, stuff, uh, so to speak, at least in, in terms of checkout, which aren't that advanced. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they go along and ask the customer for their email twice. Hmm. Uh, and and it's, it's not a verification email, no, not at all. It's uh, in, the, uh, in the, uh, the shipping step and then again in the billing step they ask. And they even have a, co- uh, a, a special link to copy over my e- email address from the prior email uh, or copy over my addre- address sorry, uh, from my prior typed information and they copy everything over except for the email address and it's stuff like that uh, where you say it's, it's minor details um, but in the end it will it will create a lot of, uh, a lot of issues for a, a very small subset of customers mm-hmm. but those customers will have a, a quite horrible uh, experience uh, because if they mistype uh, they mistype one place in in one of the address boxes, and it doesn't match uh, the other one uh, when they proceed checkout. They'll have to edit it twice Mm -hmm. and not just uh, a single place. And when we we tested their site, because one of it is in step two of the checkout, and and the other is in step four or five, I can't really recall, but I'll I'll send you some links and images to that. then they have to edit it in one place, Mm -hmm. and then they'll still get an error, and then they have to figure out, they have to move uh, two steps back and edit
0: it. I I, I think at this point, we're abandoning, but yeah, um, it's it's funny because on the email, not only is it a source of privacy and you're concerned about opt-in and so on, it's a pain in the butt to fill in, because you've got several shift keys and, and all this to put in. Um, the other thing that's crazy about Apple, and maybe you have some insights, is why they don't do a good mobile site.
1: Yeah, that's. Um, I don't know if it's uh, if it's for a strategic reason, saying that uh, that, that uh, our phone and devices is uh, fully capable of browsing a full regular uh, mobile site, a uh, full regular website. Yeah. I I I have no insight on that. <laughs> it's I'm, it's I'm shocking. I would like to know. I would like to know myself.
0: To me, that's shocking. I I mean, you know, it's sort of like a Louis Vuitton. They don't yeah. allow you to to buy on their tablet. So mm-hmm. you go into their site. It's a beautiful experience. But then, no, no, no. You want to buy? Ah, you have to go to the you have to go to your desktop or call a number.
1: Ah, uh, okay. So they have a uh, but but they display all the product yeah. as it, if it were an e-commerce site. Yeah. That, that's interesting because we tested, uh, we tested uh, H&M um, and they have a, a similar approach where they uh, display some of their products uh, and every single test object that we sent to their site uh, they started looking for where is the rest of the product catalog. Uh-huh. Some spend up using more than 10 minutes before they abandoned, still thinking that they couldn't understand uh, the site. Or they just couldn't find the product they wanted. Uh, nobody concluded that oh, the mobile site might be a limited version of the full site uh-huh. with limited uh, uh, features, but especially limited content in the form of the uh, of the entire product catalog. Uh, so we did some some further uh, research into that, and yeah. in the slides now I can provide you some numbers be great. Uh, on how many people actually uh, suspect that uh, the mobile site will have the uh, the full amount of content. Uh-huh. So the features we generally advise that the features can vary between your uh, your full site and your mobile site. Sure. But the content uh, should be the same. Or so or at really least tell them. The content. Or, or at uh, least tell them up front.
0: You know, maybe by yeah. the way, this is the mobile site. It doesn't mm-hmm. have everything. We've chosen yeah. to do that for X reasons. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's you, the very you, can,
1: you can try that, but, but the thing is <laughs> yeah. that it's it's a very complex uh, message to communicate because yeah. you have to tell them exactly what is missing, then you have to tell them why, why it's missing, yeah. and then you have to tell them where they can then find it. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's it's a quite complex uh, communication task to tell them uh, this is uh, a limited site. So wh- one thing we actually found was it's if you don't uh, have the capability to, s- to display your entire product catalog, uh, on the mobile version uh, then don't display anything at all because then you very clearly cl- communicate this is not a e-commerce mobile site hmm. this is just we don't have the some fashion news we have a newsletter we have the store locator, yeah. which is very important for, for the mobile, mobile channel. Yes. Sure. Uh, and then focus on that because then you very clearly communicate or you don't mislead somebody to believe that uh, this is actually a mobile e-commerce site
0: that's brilliant so, Christian love that um, so let's talk about luxury a second. Um, you know, with e-commerce, Amazon leads the way and a lot of the e-commerce sites are these, uh, third-party distributors that, you know, retailers that have lots of different ideas, luxury in e-commerce. How do you see luxury being successfully done in e-commerce?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, and that's where it- it gets a bit more uh, more advanced uh, because luxury mostly often has some uh, highly uh, advanced sites in regards to aesthetics. Uh, and then you usually run into the issue, do we want to have a highly uh, aesthetic site which is uh, really uh, really trying to uh, persuade customers in, in, in providing an enriched experience. Experience. but most often when you test those uh, those kind of sites uh, with with end users they uh, they get lost very very quickly because it usually don't tap into web, web conventions I mean having something as a blue underlined link will probably send warning signs to uh, to the in, entire design team on such a product right and so so that's that's generally one thing. To how do we balance uh, having a usable site uh, against providing a very rich, uh, visually uh, and engaging experience? Um, yeah, and I, I wish I had a had a magic answer. I think the, the the very important thing is here is as as long as or as soon as you start to deviate from uh, common web conventions which you often do in, in projects uh, like those, yeah. um, then you, you really need to, to, uh, to do some kind of usability test, even if it, you can only afford a small uh, set of uh, remote testing, then yeah. do that and weed out the uh, the worst kind of problems.
0: Yeah.
1: Because I think you can do that without compromising the uh, aesthetics and, and the design uh, too much, well, well. Uh, but, but there are usually some some crazy loopholes, you just have uh, a major uh, a major boundary. Uh, and that's of course also, uh, I mean, if you already have the site deployed, uh, look very closely for bounce rates, um, especially if there are some kind of silos, as you mentioned, um, or at least I think you mentioned, uh, the, uh, the e-commerce part is uh, Sometimes a detached uh, part of the site, right. so they have uh, uh, the newest collection, and that's uh, fully integrated in the site. And then the uh, the actual uh, e-commerce part is is, uh, is detached, uh, and that's another way you can consider uh, consider having one one of the silos, which is more uh, user friendly right. than the more aesthetically uh, brand environment. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, you have to cross link again because, and that's where the, the mis, misunderstandings uh, will, will very quickly uh, start to happen. Because then somebody browses the uh, collection, uh, watch on your new collection site, and then they can't find any buy, buy buttons because that is not the uh, right. e commerce site. Sure. And then they conclude, okay, you can't buy anything online this side.
0: So, the uh, way I look at it is um, on the one hand, so we have to have a beautiful environment and then you have the technical issues that make a beautiful image load quickly. Secondly, you want to have portray innovation. So you need to try and find some great new functionality, which by definition is not following web conventions because it's an innovation. Mm -hmm. Then afterwards you've created a beautiful brand environment. Then when it comes to the checkout, that has to be at the same par as any of the other Amazon or other where the convention mm-hmm. is very strict. To make that a luxurious experience, I don't believe that's possible. That has to be just 100% mm-hmm. practical. Uh, you know, Of course, you're, you're going to have your logos and all the other things to make it feel like it's the brand. But that kind of area, you need to be strict as heck to make mm-hmm. it uh, reliable, trustworthy, and quick and simple.
1: Simple and seamless. That's what we usually say about the uh, the checkout, the, the checkout process. Yeah. And, 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 and and the checkout. And I, I, I fully agree here. Uh, the checkout is usually a very detached part of the shopping experience because the browsing experience is, is very iterative, uh, looking at a lot of different products, a lot of different uh, images, and a, a lot of different sites. Uh, typically, if you do it on a full, uh, full uh, uh, on a on a desktop computer. Uh, We see uh, people use uh, multiple tabs uh, and and do a fairly uh, messy uh, product uh, comparison, product browsing, Mm -hmm. what do I want. And then uh, as you reach the checkout, then it's a completely different thing, because that's a a fully linear process. It's just something that uh, I have to go through. Uh, So in in that Mm -hmm. regard, keep um, and fully agree. Keep the rich part of the experience in the browsing part, right. and then uh, keep the checkout fairly simple and very to, fairly to the point. In regards right. to dip, uh, differentiating uh, without doing a very complex site, uh, I think uh, images is is uh, really really underrated. And right. I see, I think uh, luxury retailers uh, have the uh, have the benefit of uh, having. Enough margin to produce a lot of images uh, for their entire product catalog, unique uh, product images. Uh, because, I mean, we're, we're just in the midst of doing a, a study on uh, product finding how do people find the product mm-hmm. and actually make the buying decision choosing one over another. Uh, and we see that the product images is, is uh, I say, one of the by far most important. Uh, uh, aspects of, of convincing people to buy one product over the other, and it's very easy to compete on because a lot of the mass merchants will never get uh, yeah uh, get get to to do custom product images of, multiple uh, versions uh, so. no no no, on a no model. not at all and showing the texture and yeah. showing uh, all the uh, products from five different angles yeah. and all color variations and stuff like that so going all in on product images and not just in what type of images you have, but also how much uh, screen real estate do you devote to the to the images? One of the things could be one way to do it as, as a luxury. Yeah. I was um, doing a lab
0: the other day, and um, what was fun is that uh, we had a couple of people that looked for the product via Google Images. Yeah. Only. Yeah. And and so then he talks about. You need to do SEO on your images and really reconfigure your tagging because mm-hmm. that's that's much more sophisticated. And I don't know what extent that's the future. But one of the other areas I wanted to ask you about, Christian, was um, payment options in the states. Uh, and you know, of course, payment is where trustability comes to, to hit you in the face if you're not good or you're not considered good. What what are some of the advice or the conclusions you've got with regard to the payment options
1: so which type of payments option you offer or how how you present it in a trustworthy way all right
0: well let's say both but um i'm thinking about this in the sense that in europe in particular of course different countries have different rules and different habits uh so it's going to be a little bit you know you can't say everything all grouped in one but i'm thinking of you know the the difference between PayPal and Visa uh, mm-hmm. as, a, as an option, and and then what else goes into making it a trustworthy experience? Mm-hmm.
1: So in regards to, to trust around, uh, around the checkout process, uh, one of the things that we found uh, in both our checkout study and in the mobile uh, as well, uh, in the mobile commerce study, was that uh, people uh, are of course very sensitive in regards to the, uh, providing the actual credit card data. Uh, but what's interesting is that they talk about certain parts of the web page being more secure than other parts or less secure than other parts. So what that means is that uh, they basically have no understanding of the technical workings of uh, how do uh, form fields get submitted on a web page, how do uh, secure certain layer encryption works. Because if you're on an HTTPS page, all of the fields are usually equally encrypted. But they talked about uh, the credit card field being very secure and the name field on the same page uh, being less secure. And you can tap into that by making the sensitive fields more visually robust. So you can kind of encapsulate them uh, with something as simple as backgrounds uh, and borders. I'm just moving here. Backgrounds and borders um to kind of uh, visually reinforce the fields and also the uh, if you have any trust icons like uh, uh, like very uh, sign uh, or Norton it's not called very anymore <laughs> um but um uh, but then instead of having that in the footer move it into that encapulment as well to right. sort of uh, solidify the uh, certify uh, mm-hmm. yeah yeah exactly and I can uh, I can send you s- some images of I'm talking about here. That'd be great. Examples. Put that in the Um, uh, and and, But again, it depends because there are, like, at least when in in all of our tests, we saw that people use shorts that first thing they ask is, Do I know this brand? If it's a very large brand, then they trust it, regardless of how it looks. If they're at shop there as well, or then, then they go into that category. Then it doesn't matter that much. But if you're a smaller retailer, and they don't know uh, your brand, uh, the first-time customers, uh, then they will fall back on basically uh, their guts. Uh, how, how, does that, uh, how does this side uh, look? Because that's all they have to go for. Again, they have no technical knowledge of how, is, uh, how does form encryption actually work. Uh, so, and what about, so, so what about this uh,
0: notion of PayPal? Do you, mm-hmm. Does that come up in your radar as a uh, – so the choice of payment methods – that, mm-hmm. what, what, do you have any uh, insights yeah. about that?
1: Yeah, so uh, in general, uh, offer all the all the payment options that that you possibly can. Uh, of course, up to a, to some extent, if you have more than five uh, things to choose from, then it gets uh, uh, pretty, pretty advanced. But but the, the very important thing is here to Make some smart default uh, selections for your customers, so you can offer PayPal, you can offer Build Me Later, you can offer um, Skrill, you can offer uh, Bitcoin or whatever. <laughs> um, but but uh, but look into your web logs and see the, does my majority pay with one particular type? So credit card will most often be seventy uh, percent or eighty percent of the orders then have that selected as the default showing the credit card fields and then have uh, radio buttons next to the PayPal option, next to the Bill me Later, next to all the other options. Because the important thing to remember here is that if you ask all your customers to select between five different payment options, then that will be a lot of friction. And it's not the click which is friction. It's when you ask them, some people will start to investigate what is this bill me later, right. what is this PayPal, mm-hmm. if they don't know about it. But if you have made uh, the default selection of credit card and then expanded those fields and then uh, collapse uh, the, the rest of the fields, only having uh, radio buttons or a logo to click on, or say PayPal and bill me later, uh, then you will guide the majority of your customers in that direction. Mm-hmm. And those who have PayPal and recognize the logo will know, okay, I also have this, uh, this option at, at this specific site
0: christian that's super practical um, so that our our conversation is drawing to an end. Yeah. Uh, thank you for your time Christian. I know you had um you said you would uh, offer some if anyone wanted to uh, come and check out your reports you had an offer you wanted mm-hmm. to put on the table. What would that be?
1: yeah, uh, so the offer would be uh, that for anyone uh, who decides within the next uh, three months uh, using uh, the link I'll provide to you here. Uh, to, buy, uh, to buy our checkout usability report we will bundle in a, a mini report on uh, how to do uh, mobile checkout usability uh, so some specific guidelines
0: for uh, for checkout processes but uh, but for mobile so two uh, for the price of one effectively something like that uh,
1: yeah nearly. some, some, some in, in that order yeah well,
0: we'll put that transparently in you know yeah. i'll put all the links in the show notes yeah. thank all you for the, that christian i'm and uh, i know yeah. it's going to be of interest and then finally, uh, how can people uh, track you down, follow you, uh, connect? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, you can uh, you can follow me uh, at uh, at our site Baymart B A Y M A R D uh, dot com, where we have a, a newsletter where we publish an article uh, with one of these insights that I've given throughout this uh, podcast every uh, 14th day, uh, and they are fairly in detail. Uh, these articles, I think, you'll You'll get a lot out of those. Uh, Or you can uh, follow us at uh, at Twitter, uh, which is always uh, just uh, Baymard.
0: (laughs) Beautiful. Christian, listen, great to have you on the show. I appreciate your candor. Uh, Some really practical tips. I hope the uh, listeners enjoyed it as well. And I look forward to catching up with you and staying in touch with Baymard. Yeah, you too.
1: Thank you for having me on.
0: Thanks for having listened to this recording of the Minter Dialogue Internet Show. You'll find the show notes on themindset.com, where you can also sign up for my weekly newsletter at forward slash subscribe. If you like the show, please rate it in iTunes, and don't forget to click the handy Facebook like button or to tweet it out. In the meantime, please come join the conversation at The Mindset, or catch me on Twitter at M-D-I-A-L. Happy trails.